0: episode forty-six of the Finger Gun podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I'm here with Mr. Greg Hicks. Hello. How are you, mate?
1: I'm good, actually. I had to work this weekend. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too fraught with people breaking themselves. So I'm not on call tonight, which is nice. So yeah, can't complain. Bonus.
0: Nice. And of course, Mr. Sean Davies.
2: Hello. How are you, mate? I am good. If if I randomly disappear from the call. It's because my power's been cut and that's because my daughter has flooded my house. So oh. <laughs> the electrics are a little bit temperamental <laughs> at times, especially when mixed with water. And my yeah. daughter decided to leave a tap on in the sink and oh. and blocked it full of tissue paper. Oh. And yeah, oh. do, do you know like in film where you open the door and just water starts to come out and stuff like yeah, that?
1: Like the first Mission Impossible film, blows up the fish tank.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, not that bad. Just like covering my head from the water and whatnot. But yeah, it was uh, it was fun. So cool. yeah, if I do disappear, I apologise that um, my daughter soaked my house. Nice. All
0: right. Yeah, I'm in South Wales right now, and Storm Dennis hit us pretty hard. I had a uh, yeah, I think I said last week I had a bit of a storm uh, flood warning in the house. But uh, yeah, we uh, we managed to avoid it, but there were a lot of towns nearby that did not. So it's been uh, it's been pretty crazy around here. Recently. Well the trains were cancelled all week, the buses were cancelled because they couldn't get through certain towns. It's just pure chaos, man. The apocalypse is coming to South
1: Wales first, apparently. We've got a new one soon, haven't we? Storm Storm Ellen, which hasn't been named yet, is what How does a storm get named? Well, I mean it's usually alphabetical, isn't it? But other than that I don't really know. Yes, yeah, so but who confirms it? Probably someone who's disgruntled at a partner with that specific name. I don't actually know. <laughs> all right, you all know, right. that reminds me of my ex husband slash ex wife. I dunno. <laughs>
0: It's Storm Ellen, and I won't hear anything else. <laughs> because, uh, if you're wondering about my mic quality, is a little worse. Aware because I've had to use a headset tonight because I can't get out of my bed because my back has decided to give up on me this week. And so, if the audio quality is a little lower than normal, that's why because I can't actually physically get to my fancy microphone setup. So I'm literally in bed with a headset on right now. That's very so. You don't need to know that, but you know that, that's the dealio anyway.
2: Can, can we have a moment of appreciation for roscoe's sacrifice despite the fact that he has sciatica and is you know is as is, is a bad back he's still dialed into the core and that it deserves some kind of weird plaudits for dedication oh, you, thank sh- you, man.
1: You, sh- you should uh, you should stand up and take a bat oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
0: uh yeah I will in a few days, on my
1: own. <laughs>
0: okay. uh, right, let's crack on then with what we've been playing. So, Mr. Great Hicks,
1: what have you been playing this week, sir? I've been mixing it up with a bit of old and new. Uh, I've still been playing One Finger Death Punch. My review will be out for that this week. So, yeah, that's that's still a game. I was granted a copy of The Hunt Showdown, which I played for about an hour or so last night, uh, which came out this week. Am I right thinking that? Yes. yes, earlier this week. Yeah, I should probably fact check that when I actually do write the review. Uh, yeah, that's okay. I think you you do definitely benefit with the with having more people there, but it's a Southern American Louisiana bayou style hunter who's taking on demons. Really, you can sort of fill them out, find clues. A bit like sort of Constantine meets Evolve, really. But that's my first sort of initial hour impression. I have given up on La Noir for the meantime. I've kind of shelved that because after my revelation last week about how not very good it actually is, I kind of just. Put it on the back burner. I've been playing um, Bioshock Infinite again. I didn't oh, get—I nice. yeah. I didn't get it free as PlayStation Plus. <laughs> I stupidly bought it last month before it was announced for Plus or about a tenner for the collection. Um, ah. Yeah, hindsight, woo. So yeah, I've just been digging back into uh, Infinite because my my friend Toby was playing the first one and he was really enjoying it. And I said, "Don't bother with the second one because it's cack," and I will stand by that. And he's jumped into Infinite and he was texting me questions about it, going, "Oh, is." is Elizabeth is Elizabeth the little sister? I'm like, no, just, just play it. And because of that, I just felt like playing it through again. So, yeah, going through that. And been playing The Division 2 with you guys, sort of sporadically, and a little bit on my own. which yeah. is uh, It's really good fun. I mean, I mean, the first one I wasn't really sort of privy to. It's only when I joined you guys that I picked it up, and we had a few games. So I, I was never really big into what The Division can do. But, again, spurred on by you guys to pick it up in the sale for, like, you know £10 or whatever it was, £11. I'm uh, really enjoying it. I'm actually quite enjoying like the just walking around DC and more daytime uh, and more sort of sun and an actual active world to get involved in. And when we do jump on co-op, it is pretty good fun as well. So yeah, that's pretty much been, been my week.
2: It really is.
0: It's it's really good fun, yeah. isn't it? It is. That's when the game sort of comes alive, isn't it? When you're playing it co-op.
2: Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah. We haven't had any uh, any clips clip moments yet that have been absolute gold, but give us time.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think we're we're actually better at the division two than we are rainbow six siege
1: yeah um, <laughs> no one's killed each other yet
2: <laughs> but we did throw grenades at each other just to see if that happened
1: i I did shoot a red barrel next to sean to see if friendly fire was on and it turns out it wasn't so hooray sean didn't burn to death <laughs> I'm, I'm doing god's work here people
2: thank you very much i wanted to ask you about uh, hunt showdown one of the interesting aspects of it that I'd, I'd heard about was the proximity chat. So do you know how it's like PvP, VE? You can, like... I, I watched a Twitch stream of a guy sitting in a house. He basically loaded this house full of traps, and this pair of people, a pair of, like, all the, other all the teammates, yeah, they they came and were going to try and kill him in the house, but because they got too close, he could hear their chat. So, okay. he, so it's like a... a an ingenious thing where these guys were like basically chatting away, were like, Okay, well you go around the back and then this guy was like into his twitch chat, Well, I'm just gonna put a trap there. And he's like, and I'll go through the front door and he's like, and I'm just gonna put a trap there.
1: <laughs> so it's it's a bit like sort of home alone meets deliverance then. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Paint cans, you know, yeah, electrified doorknobs. Why <laughs> not? Not as much, not as much, um, not as
1: much buggery though. Oh. Have you not seen deliverance?
2: Oh Don't yeah, tell yeah. Me I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just just <laughs> really good expect turn, you yeah. to sit, talk about <laughs> buggery, to be honest. <laughs>
1: well, there's, there's, there's more banjo, less um, less of that. <laughs> Fair enough. No, it's uh, first impressions are okay. It's a little bit ropey, but I think you know when they finally patch it out, it, it or when they give it a bit more love, it'll be good. But uh, yeah, I've only had like a solo bash for about an hour, and then I played the hunt, and it's uh, yeah, it's quite good fun. Sean, what have you been playing this week?
2: I've been playing a lot. I'm shocked by this. I know, I know. I've been really busy too, but I've managed to play quite a bit. I've been playing The Seventh Sector, and if you're listening to this, go to the website, because there will be a review up on the website tomorrow, come what may. I've also been playing Daggerhood, which costs like £3 on the PlayStation Store, and it's a 2D platformer that that's basically like Super Meat Boy, but the unique hook is the fact that wherever you fire your dagger, you can then press the same attack button and transport to wherever the dagger is currently. So it's, it's got some pretty cool design in there. It ramp gets really difficult really quickly. But thankfully, you can get a Platinum Trophy in, it, in about an hour. So if that's your jam, then go get that. My wife and all of my kids also joined me in playing Noir Chronicles City of Crime, which is one of these hidden object games, which Artifacts Monday oh. have like flooded the PlayStation Store with them. It's great if you're into those kind of things. And these games are... It was very fun to sit here and just look at like a, a screen and it's saying find... X amount of you know mushrooms, find paint pots, and you know everyone crowding around the TV to find it. It was very fun, and it was the least bizarre one of those that I've played in a long time. So, like a lot of those those hidden object games, they're like, um, ooh, there's like a magical princess and a magical land, and this one was all about crime and a woman being murdered, and you try and solve it. So, not crap. I bought a game for my kids called Claybook. So this came out a couple of months ago on PlayStation Four and Xbox One and various other places. It's a game that's made entirely of clay, and I'll be honest with you, the the kids wanted it because they saw a, a, some YouTuber playing it, and it was kind of fun. It looked kind of fun, anyway. You, you're basically controlling a block of clay going over other various blocks of clay, and it's got an amazing engine. So like, whenever you walk, the terrain you know deforms to your pattern. And you can like, if you start off as a ball of clay, you could splat yourself, splatter if you fall great heights and stuff like that. The engine is superb. The gameplay, however, is a bit cack. So they they kind of they, they've made an amazing engine and then just forgot how to use it to make a good game. So parts parts levels are like eat a bridge. So you you go over and you press a button and then you just like basically dissolve a bridge underneath you, and that's that's the level. And it just it just feels like a massive waste of great tech. But if, if you want to play around in something that looks pretty cool and has a really great physics engine, then give Claybook a look. I've been playing dragon which came out last week, which I think we spoke about the week before. If you liked The Vanishing of Ethan Carter or Firewatch or any of those games, this this is pretty cool. It's very much in those in that vein. It's set in, it's set in a really cool environment. It's, it's like a little village in Norway, and there's... You get there and there's nothing going on. Nobody's there. You were invited there and you've gone to go and find your sister along with your assistant, Lizzie. And your sister's gone missing and you're searching for clues. But also while you're searching for clues, you're kind of uncovering what the hell's going on in this village, which now appears to be entirely abandoned. And it's it's cool. It's, it's not like traditional spooky, but it does build up quite a bit of tension. And the banter between Lizzie and Edward, which is like the main character that you play, is phenomenal. It's like really well written. And I've only played two or three hours of it. And I don't think it's much, much longer than like double that. So I think I'm about halfway through and I'm enjoying the game a lot. But if, if, Any developers are listening to this, please do me a favor, put a platinum trophy on your video games if you're going to sell them on PlayStation, because you wouldn't believe the the amount of people who've reached out to me and said, is that game any good? And I've said, yeah, it's really good. And then they've said, has it got a platinum trophy? And I go, no, it hasn't. And they go, okay, I'm not buying it, which I know is nuts in the year 2020. But yeah, people still like trophies. So yeah, sorry about that. Mm. I dipped my toe into Fortnite. It's still Fortnite, and um, yep. despite despite the new update, and I've been playing the Lego Hobbit with my wife and kids, which is probably the worst Lego game, but still very very good. So it's been a, a chock full week. How about you, roscoe What have you been playing? i guessing Fortnite.
0: Yes. <laughs> well, I've been uh, I've been bed uh, bedbounder so I've been remote playing a lot from downstairs through my laptop, and yeah, I played a lot of season two, chapter two of Fortnite so far. I'm kind of enjoying it. It's I like the, uh, the story that's kind of interweaving through it. It's a bit of a different beast in the way they've laid the challenges out that I play Fortnite primarily for the challenges and to unlock things and to go on there and not just have a 100 player battle royale, actually have a mission to complete when you go in. And so that's sort of my primary thing with Fortnite. And they've really stepped that up in this season. And, um, yeah, it's fun. It is a lot of, it is a laugh. I like going to these new locations, jumping into phone booths with the disguise and going into these secret areas and unlocking things with downed henchmen that you have to pick up and take over to rooms and stuff and doors that you can't unlock without their ID and just very little things that they've added that are quite fun. And, um, yeah, I'm very happy with Season 2 so far. Uh, I'm about, I think I'm level 16 already, which is ridiculous, I know. But um, I'm still working my way through it. Bravo. Thanks. Yeah, all the challenges add, you know, incremental amounts of XP and so... The more challenges you do, the more you're going to level up. And, you yeah, know, I like doing it. They add daily challenges now as well. And so there's always something to do when you jump on. So that's what I've been up to with Fortnite. Um, I've been playing a lot of X cloud obviously, because I can't go anywhere. And I played Descenders, finally, Ooh. which um, I know that you guys really enjoyed. Mm. And I saw it on the, uh, the X Cloud beta. And I thought I'd give it a go. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's a lot of fun. I've never been very good at these types of games. The um, kind of like BMX or Tony Hawk games, anything that requires... You know actual skill and talent to play,
2: <laughs>
0: but uh, yeah, Descenders is, is a uh, is a good lab. The tutorial was pretty straightforward, and uh, yeah, I managed to get an hour or so out of it. So that was fun.
2: How did it play on XCloud? Given it's quite a twitchy twitchy game, isn't it? is its the responsiveness okay? Is
0: uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it's not too bad. There's obviously you have to factor in that that millisecond of delay between the controller and whatever server it is that Microsoft is feeding this game through. Yeah, it's fine. It was a little jittery. It's a fast game, so it's a good one to test streaming on. And yeah, there was a couple of judders, nothing major, nothing game-breaking. But uh, yeah, it's it's actually not too bad.
2: This this xCloud sounds so much better than the other competitors right now.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's really next level in comparison to, say... I mean, PlayStation Now was never really that bad, but for some reason, I never found the need to stay signed up. Yeah. And, you know, the um, the collection of games is very good on PS Now. And it's fun to play Alice Kidd and Sonic and stuff. Stuff that doesn't really need massive amounts of internet to, to, to play. But xCloud is really on another level. And the fact that I can jump onto my phone with my controller and play any halo that i want at any time is just absurd <laughs> it's, it's really ridiculous and uh, i like the fact that they keep adding to the beta as well they keep adding games and taking games out and you know ensuring that there's always a, a different kind of game to play on there just to stress test i guess uh what kind of games work best through streaming so yeah i'm very happy with that and i found out that i could hook up my Xbox controller to my phone and play games on my phone with my controller. I don't know why I'm so late to the party on this, but I was playing Sonic Two on my phone yesterday with my controller, and it—it's it, it's just a whole new world, man. It's, it's amazing. amazing. <laughs> what a life! What a timeline we're in, you know.
2: Did I see right that you can now connect DualShock Four controllers to play XCloud games? Don't know. I, I think I saw somewhere that somebody said I—they were playing, they were playing an Xbox game on a DualShock Four via an iPad. Or, or an <laughs> iPhone, and I think, I think they were like, "What a time to be alive!" But it, I, I can't remember if that was just a joke or. But yeah, if that's true, yeah, they're onto something there. They're onto something.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. DualShock is coming. Uh, DualShock access is definitely coming. I don't know if it's here yet. It might be. I, I might have overlooked it. But yeah, I'm using my Xbox controller for now. Uh, I'll,
2: I'll give it a go. See if it works.
0: Yeah, do it. yeah and that's about it really. I've not had a massively busy gaming week because I've been stuck and all my cool stuff is downstairs, but now I know that you have a dragon, that might be my uh, my game to play tomorrow.
2: <laughs> Your motivation.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have stand up. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not a heavy game, is it? You can't, you don't need, if I was to remote play it, I wouldn't need a, a dramatic connection in order for it to work. No, no no. no,
2: no. No, you, no, you'd be fine. There's no as, as far as I'm aware, there's no like, major action scenes. It's very much like Firewatch and a lot of walking, a lot of taking in the scenery kind of stuff. So, yeah.
0: Cool. Uh, all right, then. Well, let's move on to the Trivia Challenge. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most exhilarating, most exciting, most electrifying video game quiz in all the world. Hosting the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge, lock up your daughters, hold on to your butts, and go absolutely up uptown Funkatron for the smoothest can in the entire podcast cosmos. It's the knowledge himself,
2: Mr. Sean David. Hello and welcome to this week's Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. This week I've been really busy, and I again I kind of phoned this quiz in. Um, but I've I've been asked to make it easier, so I have made it e- easier. But I have got a a decent tiebreaker should this work out to be a draw.
1: Are so, you, um are you actually allowed to say phoning it in now that Ross is literally phoning it in?
2: are you phoning hey. it too? <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally,
0: the, yeah. <laughs>
2: So, this quiz is all about 2010 and the games that were released on that year. Now it's so we, random. Well, <laughs> the, the, the reason that the reason I picked this year was because obviously uh, Vanquish and Bayonetta released uh, last week on playstation 4, xbox one etc and it said it was it, it was you know to celebrate their 10th anniversary so it was kind of like okay let's have a look at what else could be for the 10th anniversary and this is where this this quiz came from so are you guys ready roscoe have you got some kind of dictation device that you can use to take down your answers
1: i
0: have the keep notes app available on google pixel
2: oh that's that's the same here that's
1: i use yeah. that too yeah. <laughs> oh, I use good I use good old fashioned text message. <laughs> and then I can't change my answers when I when I sent them to myself.
2: Yeah. I, I shouldn't worry, you know. Um unfortunately we've got no no poll this week, so there's gonna be no cheating. And <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got Ross here, so <laughs> uh, and, and uh you you two are currently drawing to a piece, aren't you? So the, the winner of this will then take the lead of this season. This this is tense. Okay. Let's kick this off. Question one, in which 2010 game might you be pressing the button X to say, Jason, Jason, Jason. <laughs> 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 and I would go on and on and on, but I won't. So question one, in which, two, in which 2010 game might you be pressing the X button to say, Jason, question two: what was the subtitle of the Call of Duty game that was released in 2010
0: oh
1: my god oh my god <laughs> um crap how far I back mean, does... it could be I mean this is
0: what Xbox 360 PS3 era
1: yes, yeah I've got yeah. one in mind it's a pun
2: Question 2. What was the subtitle of the Call of Duty game that was released in 2010? Okay. Question 3. Released in 2010, what was the name of the Sega-published espionage action RPG which was developed by Obsidian Entertainment? Question 3. Released in 2010...
1: You don't have to put that bit in. I
2: know, know. I, I know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. <laughs> what was the name of the Sega-published espionage action RPG which was developed by Obsidian Entertainment?
1: Which I did actually play through and was fucking
2: torturous to play. Ah. Uh, yeah, but you still want a remake, don't you? I'd like it. <laughs> I'd
1: <it never> Ah, <laughs> uh, me too. Yeah, okay. it, had a good, it had a good concept.
2: Question four. In which month of 2010 did Microsoft launch the Kinect motion control and a raft of games alongside it?
1: Which is funny because one of those games actually had a raft in it. (laughs) (laughs) What was
2: that? It's true. (laughs) Question four. In which month of 2010 did microsoft launch the connect motion control and a raft of games alongside it okay question five i missed (laughs) the most was it motion sports connect sports that's the one yeah that was, that was damn good. And Connected um,
0: Adventures and Dance Central, all those launch titles.
2: Yeah. Which, yeah. Ap- one of them happened to be the best-selling game of the Xbox 360, as we learned. Anyway, um, yeah. question five. Bioshock 2 was set in which fictional city? Which you'll be happy to know was released in 2010. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question five. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Oh, I didn't. i you have a different opinion to me. uh, Absolutely. We shall start a Twitter war.
1: Mechanics-wise, it was fine. It just just didn't need to be made.
2: Yeah. Okay, question five. Bioshock 2 was set in which fictional city? Question six. What is the name of the zombie-filled expansion that Rockstar released for their smash hit Red Dead Redemption... In two thousand and ten. In question six, what is the name of the zombie filled expansion that Rockstar released for their Smash hit Red Dead Redemption in 2010?
1: Do you remember when like zombie expansions weren't really a thing then? And that was like one of the first ones. Yeah. And, and our... then somewhat meta <laughs> meta-narratively it opened up a flood of zombie expansions. <laughs> like a horde if you will.
2: Uh that's true <laughs> yeah now every game has zombie dlc at halloween it does <laughs> it's, it's always the same
1: yeah Man, okay. action was a long time ago wasn't it just 10 years if you will oh well, no, I, wait it came what? no it had it in nine wasn't it yeah i think so yeah yeah No, 2000, ch- 2008 i think because i was working on blockbuster at the time Well, had I left then? I think I might have left then. Yeah, anyway, carry on. I'm sidetracking.
2: Question seven. What is the name of the pink-haired female protagonist in Final Fantasy Thirteen? Question Uh seven. What is the name of the pink-haired female protagonist in 2010's Final Fantasy Thirteen?
0: <laughs> damn it
2: mm. okay question eight in 2010 telltale released again... <laughs> okay okay I've got to say for this I've got I've got to say it for this question okay I've got to say it okay okay question eight in 2010. Telltale released a game to celebrate the 20th anniversary since the end of a celebrated movie trilogy. Um, What game was it? Question eight. In 2010, Telltale released a game to celebrate the 20th anniversary since the end of a celebrated movie trilogy. What game was it?
1: Never got around to finishing it.
0: Never played it.
2: Okay, question nine. Which famous actor lent his voice to play the elusive man in 2010's Mass Effect 2? Question nine. Which famous actor lent his voice to play the elusive man in 2010's Mass Effect 2?
1: Oh, I always get these two confused.
2: <laughs> and question 10. 2010's Divi- <laughs> Divisive Alien vs. Predator game was developed by which British game studio? Boom! Question 10. 2010's Divisive Alien vs. Predator game was developed by which British game studio? Okay. That was all ten questions.
0: Thank you, Sean.
2: It's a pleasure. I I do feel that was slightly easier than usual. No, it was fine. Is that fine?
0: Yeah, it's fine.
2: Okay, right. Okay, I'm going to try and make them easier because people have started to say I'm getting one out of ten, and then we're all. I know, but no. But the thing is, like, we are so into games, like as a group. Like
1: gaming podcast.
2: I know, yeah, but like... If like so you ask many me stuff people...
1: about, you know, car stuff,
2: I'd be absolutely fucked. <laughs> yeah, but we aren't listening to car podcasts. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, I just think it's, it's better to be a little bit more accessible and then I'll just hit you with it. Badass tidebreaker at the end. Well, hopefully, welcome will come down to that today. Fingers crossed. It will probably. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Sean.
0: Thank you very much. I like that one. Right, let's crack on with some news. And first up, it's not been a big week for news, but we did find the patent for a new PSVR controller, which we thought was quite cool. There's not an awful lot to go on on this, but we can see that it's very different from the traditional PlayStation Move controllers. And it may lead to something a bit more exciting, and as the uh, the one who enjoys PSVR the most in our group, because he's he's the only one that actually has one. Uh, Sean, did you see this pattern? Could you describe it a little bit for the listeners? And what uh, do you
2: think? Yeah, I did. It, it's a it's a massive divorce from the current you know PlayStation Move controllers, and it kind of looks like the Index controllers. I'm sorry if you can hear lots of noise in the background. My rabbit's currently having some kind of fight with its cage. <laughs> anyway, yeah, they, it's it's got a, a finger t- a finger sensor on it as well as buttons. So it's kind of like the index, but it's got this this line which will be able to see where your finger placement is on the controller. And this looks fantastic. It's it's more in line with a lot of what the other VR controllers out there are currently doing which would make it so much easier on uh, a lot of developers having to make these games so obviously the playstation vr current, current controllers, the playstation move are you know they don't give as much adaptability and they don't give as many options as a lot of the other vr controllers do nowadays so this looks like it's just going to pull it in line with what's out there like right now so it's great because there's quite a few games that can't come to playstation vr because of the the hardware being kind of held back so it'll be interesting to see what developers could do with this i mean we could all we could know what they could do with it because they're already doing it with the index the and the hdc but it, it, you know it's, it's it'll be good for playstation gamers because it'll make it easier to get those games onto playstation which is great
0: cool now do you think obviously you seem quite positive about this possible idea there's rumblings that there may not be a actual upgrade to the psvr for the next generation and that sony are going to stick with the incremented updates to the current vr headset rather than the full-blown brand new one i'm getting this from a couple of websites. i think i think his lord and savior greg miller mentioned it as well a while back but yeah. do you think sony would instead of shelling out for a brand new vr headset would instead take what they already have and just kind of like build it up a little more for
2: the next generation i've heard a number of different things around this you know there's there's rumors that the psvr 2 will be coming out several years after the ps5 and in the meantime they'll be releasing peripherals which will basically be you know day and date with the playstation vr 2 like cross compatible so it there's, there's there's lots of different rumors going around i don't think developers will be happy enough just to sit and especially those that are really focused on vr are the ones that have invested quite a lot of money on vr if you look at what's going on in the vr space now there's like a, a the the vr hardware for playstation is is really dated compared to what's out there now and despite it being the biggest seller but the quest has kind of come in and i bet within the next couple of months it will have outsold the playstation vr because it's wireless because it's adaptable and because it's but it's a better headset so i get the feeling that if sony still wants some skin in the game they're going to have to update the headset or we'll see, you know, because I'm not entirely sure that Sonya... Are... If you'd asked me a couple of months ago, I'd have said, yeah, Sonya all in on VR, and they're going to continue to do so, and that's based on, you know, Yoshida's comments about, you know, Phil Spencer saying nobody's asking for the VR, and shue Yoshida saying, sometimes you make things for people that they are asking for, that we know that they want. But, you know, they, they've they closed Sony Manchester, the VR studio, that looks like it was built, making something big, and... You know, it's. It, I'm not entirely sure that Sony really are want to be. They, I'm not entirely sure they want to be like the leader in VR anymore. I think they're quite happy to be the leader in just consoles. So we'll see. If if they do want to be heavily invested in VR, then they're going to need to change the headset. But if they're, they're looking elsewhere, then maybe not. We'll see.
0: I saw the uh, the numbers for the attachment rates for PSVR to PS4s. Yeah, it is a lot lower than I thought it was. Do you think that's price? Do you think that's just people? Still not really wanting to take the jump.
2: VR has a problem in general. That you know, you it's got a couple of problems. Like people like Paul, for example, who have who suffer from you know certain types of travel sickness might never get on with any type of VR headset. And it's one of the few pieces of tech that's available these days where you are either biologically compatible with them or you're not and there's not this drive to make it as adaptive as like say mobile phones or controllers etc you know they're not making major accessibility inroads because you can put a headset and feel sick you know it's it's just the way it is the other thing is that people it's a really insulating experience uh, even when you try it it's like it's good but it's one of those things that if you invest in you kind of have to be really invested in it's like you can't just dip in and out of vr because of the price so you either see enough to say okay that's for me i'm definitely gonna have it or you know it's it's not something that you can just dabble in and it's gonna struggle you know that to attract gamers anyway because until, until you tried it you don't know if if you like it. And it doesn't matter what people say about it, it's really hard to describe the fact that, you know, yes, it does look like you're in a virtual world. Yes, you, you do realise you've still got a headset on, and it's, you know, not as immersive as, you know, the advert are saying it is, but it's still really good. And it's it's difficult to get across that without trying it, and, you know, a lot of the gamers just aren't willing to give it a chance. It's I kind of hope it explodes, because, it, it, you know... Facebook are really putting their money behind it. Sony put some money behind it. You know, it's it's a, a really great technology that just needs a bit more investment and a bit more, it needs that killer app. And if some of the patterns that I've seen, so one of the, one of the reasons that I don't play my VR as much is because once you're in VR, you are like, you're invested in it and you, like, you completely forget the outside world. So if you've got your, like, your phone in your pocket and it goes off so many times, I've reached into my phone and pulled out my pocket and gone, oh shit, I can't see it because my hand isn't there. I'm looking at Batman's hand, with the Batarang, not my own. And um, it's like they've got this pattern which has got cameras on the outside of their headset. And if that becomes a thing where you can basically tap a button on the side of the headset and see the real world around you while you're in VR and then just switch between the two, that would be fantastic because that's the one thing that stops me from basically spending all of my money on VR games. But yeah, mm. it's, it's, a, it's a difficult tech to... You know, to sell people without having a demo station, and they cost money. So, yeah, we'll see.
0: Mm, that's interesting, Greg. Away from the price of PSVR, I know you're you not a you're not a, you're not sold on it just yet. Is is it just the price, or is there has there not been like a killer app that
1: made you go, okay, I need VR? No. I like it. Okay. <laughs> no. Um. It's a, it's a, it's good in concept, concept. I have had a go on VR. It's just for me. I'm lazy when it comes to gaming I want to just sit down and chill I've never been a big fan of the Kinect or any motion based gaming because I just like to relax and play games which obviously sounds like a bit of a confusing thing to say when you get all competitive but I still would rather be like just lying down sat down chill playing a game I can't be asked to get up and motivate myself I don't I exercise in the real world I can't be asked to do it when I game either. So yeah, while there are some good games out there, I'd like I said the other week I'd love to play the Eleanor like VR case files, and yes, you don't need to be stood up to play those or any kind of games. I know, like with the Wii, for example, you know you could once you figured out that you don't have to do the full tennis swing or the full bowling animation, you could sit down and do them. Fine. It's just I don't know. It's just never been for me. I mean, that that might go with the way things, that might be the way things go in the future that gaming is fully immersive and you've got your Ready Player One style interactive suit on. But for me, I, I'm not going to adapt to it unless I have to. I'm just pretty content just to sit and chill and play stuff. And I'm sure you, you can play VR games in the similar kind of vein. You can sit down and play it. It's just, it's not for me. I'm, I'm very happy to see what they're doing. And it's quite cool to see innovations. And when you see those clips of people with those like firing range style VR games that are on like Oculus and other headsets, Vive and all that. And people are juggling clips and, you know, reloading guns and stupid animations and all that kind of stuff. It looks fun. It's just, yeah, I'm still not sold on it. Unless I absolutely have to or one comes packaged with, the co- like, the next-gen console. Yeah, I'm still not going to adapt to it.
0: Okay. It really is a try before you buy thing, isn't it? You really have to know that you want it in order to invest.
1: Yeah, essentially. It's just, like I said, I've tried it and I'm not against it. It's just, you know, I'll, I'll quite happily stick with sitting on my ass and just casually gaming. I bought a 4K TV last year. I'm going to get the most out of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair enough. All right, then. Well, let's talk about something you could stick into, that shiny new uh, 4K TV that you have. Let's talk about, let's talk about tiny consoles.
1: <laughs> are they the are they getting consoles. tinier or are we just getting bigger?
0: Well, that is the question, isn't it? Now, we've seen over the last couple of years, we've had the NES Mini, the SNES Mini, the Mega Drive Mini, which I want so bad, and, of course, the PlayStation Mini that nobody talks about, <laughs> like, just like it never happened.
2: Yeah.
0: And um, Greg threw in, of course, just into the slide to speak about what, what we could talk about. And so we're going to talk about consoles that we'd like to see miniaturized game catalogs that we want to jump back into for a fraction of the price in a tiny little version of our favorite consoles so uh great did you have any particularly in
1: mind well, there's always been rumors about about an n64 one coming back nothing's ever been concrete and i think it's just on people's wish lists uh, i think it'd be funny though because the controller would genuinely be bigger than the actual console wouldn't it and then you would have to make sure you can <laughs> yeah. they've they've made a nice pattern for the controllers. That the thumbsticks don't cack up really easily, but that's by the by. Would it have a Would it have a rumble pack built in? I think there's the market for it if it can have the games catalog to back it up. Of course, you'd have all your um Nintendo licensed games: Mario, Mario Kart, Ocarina of Time, preferably maybe Majora's Mask as well. But you wouldn't have gold because they don't have rare anymore, do they? So that would be a big no. That'd be a, a killer app that they're going to lose. You wouldn't have all the the wacky ones like Blast Core and all that kind of stuff, or Banjo, Banjo things like that. Yeah. yeah. So it it'll be hit and miss on what they put on there, really. But I think it's it's what you'd like to see against wish list of games. Because recently I was doing some research and I was looking at what they like people have data mined the ill fated PlayStation console, the Mini, and what games they had. They they found some some evidence of games that were on there or I don't know if it's going to be the full full titles that were taken off of it or just, you know, just to run certain codes. But there's quite a big list of games that they didn't actually have on there, which is a bit of a shame. So I think it'd be cool to see a Mini N64, but I think a lot of people were disappointed by what games wouldn't be on there, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: I think that's probably the why we haven't seen
1: it yet. Yeah, just, just going back to this article about PlayStation stuff, here's a select handful of games out of the 36 that were uh, mined on there. Driver was on there. Klonoa, you know, the, the weird squirrel thing.
2: Oh, amazing.
1: yeah exactly but that was taken off of there uh the first parasite eve now of course that didn't come out over here um that's the one with what's the face ross what's the mate what's the title character called <laughs> anyway so that was on there uh silent hill was on there uh suikoden which is a very obscure konami rpg that i absolutely love that was on there tony hawks 2 was on there now i don't know if that, again if it's the full versions or it was just trying to run different licenses from different companies but yeah they were like soul reavers on there and how many people have been crying out for like a soul reaver remake you know mm. that would be amazing legacy of kane series has stopped in the last god knows how many years so it's what we'd like to see in a mini console against what we'd actually get with licenses and stuff like that yeah so I mean, I, I mean, for me, I'd like to see N64. I never really had an N64. I had an N64 for a little bit, but there's a catalog of games on that I've played at you know other people's houses, 1080 snowboarding, and all that kind of stuff. So it'd be good to see that back. But this is again like a hypothetical wish list of games over what we'd actually get. If if I was to pick a second console, I'd like to see a Dreamcast make a return, but that'll never happen. But I think that's going to be um, Ross's wish list. Yeah, that's the dream. Yeah. So yeah, it'd be that for, for me. For, for me, out of more curiosity, because I'm not or. No, I was going to say maybe like a Neo Geo, but they had Neo Geo pockets. They were quite cool. No, I think for me, an N64 would probably do quite well.
0: Yeah, it absolutely would. Yeah, I think, yeah, because the SNES and the NES Mini came out a year apart, didn't they? And it's been about a year or so since SNES. Yeah, I really think 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 it's it's, a few
1: years since the SNES Mini. I think it's a couple of years now.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's 2020 now, isn't
1: it? Yeah, when did they come out? Uh, They came out.
0: Yeah, and I think think Nintendo have gone, well, you know, 50% of people love our games on the N64, but 50% love the rare games on the N64. Mm. And it it would be weird to release one without the other. I think it would be 20, a real shame. Twenty
1: seventeen. Sorry, just interject. Oh
0: man, was it that? Yeah,
1: one? Really? it really was. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, Identical would be amazing, but it would just it would be a real shame without Res output on there. But um, yeah, I'd love to play uh, Pilot Wings again. I really enjoyed
1: Pilot that. Wings. Yeah, I remember that.
0: Pilot Wings and Ristar and Lover and oh god, what, is that Which,
1: what was that game? was the second one? Ristar, you said.
0: Yeah,
1: Ristar was Sega. What was it? I might Royce, be getting was like the Mega Drive. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. Uh, was it Mystical, Mystical Clubber, Ninja? Oh, Go- Gaiman. Gaiman, yeah. Yeah, love that game. Uh, Mission Impossible? I fucking
1: love that game. I always found I played both. I played the PlayStation and the N64. And weirdly, the N64 one ran better, but it had such terrible draw distance. There was more going on, on the PlayStation one, but it was clunkier. Yeah,
0: I mean, the N64 draw distances were infamously terrible.
1: Yeah, like the South Park game. Oh, my God.
0: Would you remember yeah. that on the
1: Mission Impossible level, with you dropping down to the lasers, it was so much easier to do with a thumb, with an actual analogue thumbstick than it was to do on a D-pad? I remember
0: they probably got away with it on South Park because it was just cold anyway, wasn't it? Yeah, Hell exactly. Way. Well, that's
1: what, they, <laughs> that's what they also said for the original Silent Hill, but it actually worked in its favour, which is why the remasters are so bad, because they took that out and everyone went, no, the, it sort of gives the town its eerie... What, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, Lilac Wars would be nice to play again, I guess.
1: Oh, uh, Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, what a... But uh, anyway, Sean, have you got any dreams for a tiny console?
2: No, I... you know, I, I didn't really want the SNES one or the NES one, and I thought I'd want the PlayStation one, and when it came out, I didn't want it. And I think the reason I didn't want it was because every time I play a game that I'd liked from back in the day, I realised how much I don't like it anymore. Like, when me and Greg played um, Goldeneye at... EGX last year, I kind of oh, realised how fucking bad that game was. I mean, it wasn't for its time, but like, I like my memories of my games, how they are now. And if anything, if if these companies are going to continue to do this, I want them to do what Intellivision are doing with the Amico. Um, because have you seen the the footage from Night Stalkers and from Astro Smash? I'm guessing mm, not. No.
1: What about it, Earthworm Gym? Is that still coming?
2: Earth, so they, they're doing another Earthworm Jim, Um, Maybe. I think... Despite Doug Ted being a total mobbed, the the gameplay from what they've shown so far, they've taken classic games and basically given them a modern day remake. And you know they're not like you know, groundbreaking games. Like Night Stalker was basically Pac-Man but with guns, and it, you know, it, it they just look great. And and I think that that might be a better way forward for these companies because I think the bubble on these mini consoles is is probably gone now. As much as I'd like a mini PlayStation Two, that isn't ever going to happen after the mini PlayStation. And as much as I'd like a mini Saturn or a mini N sixty four. I just I just can't see it happening with, with all the games that you actually want on them. So I'd prefer them to, you know, take them take a couple of classics and remake them and stick them on a box, you know? Or or sell them on modern day consoles or whatever, because I think, you know, it's amazing how dated some of these games are now. And I, I don't want to spoil my, my dreams of being amazing at, at Goldeneye only for kids I don't know to kick my ass on resed show floor. So yeah yeah we the... didn't suck
1: we we showed our age badly on that one
2: yeah i'll be honest with you i completely forgot that like despite it having a, a thumbstick that you had to raise and lower the gun's aim with the yellow direction buttons that... oh
1: you have to hold r and then you press the c up or down to lower your level i know what the hell was otherwise if you just press them it moves your actual view doesn't it yeah
2: what yeah what happens there
1: because c c left and right were for strafing weren't they so it was like backwards to what we know now in dual dual shot or dual stick shooting but that was the other way around wasn't it or you could use the d-pad to strafe but then you still had to press unless you had it to r uh, to l uh, yeah just give me a headache yeah it
2: wasn't good I, i think we've we've got to a point now where i think you know some games could be reasonably easy you know remade to make you know, a little bit better than they were back in the day. Doesn't have to be loads better, but you know, you can still chuck the same golden eye skins on a Unreal Engine four shooter. Go and do that, you know? <laughs> just just don't <laughs> ruin my childhood any more than they already have done.
0: I mean I, I could go for a Dreamcast mini. Greg was right, for sure. Go and rockets. Yeah, I could go I mean I will still stand by this statement by saying that the Dreamcast probably had one of the best launch windows ever. And if they could throw on... You know, Sonic Adventure has not aged well at all. It's It's gone from, hey, that was fun, to, wow, this is really bad. But would I play it again? Of course I would. Absolutely. Um, it's on PS now, but it's just not the same. I mean, Sonic Adventure, Crazy Taxi, Power Stone, Space Channel 5, Man. That was fun. There were all these games that I played relentlessly when the Dreamcast came out, and... I would go through them again. Quake 3 Arena, if they could throw out Quake 3 Arena bring that back with, you know, the VM, the virtual memory unit, having a little chow rocket thing on my VMU. And oh, yeah. if somehow, you know, again, that was a massive controller. That would be bigger than the console itself. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think
1: Resident they... Evil Code Veronica had the the health status on there. I thought that was quite a cool. A little touch.
0: Yeah, yeah. They did throw in, like, tiny little games on these things. Yeah. Very... Very kind of like the small ones, but yeah, I mean to replay all these things again would be really cool. Shenmue, obviously, Jet Set Radio, Soul Calibur, Soul Calibur 2. Soul Calibur 2 was just incredible. So yeah, give me a Dreamcast one. House of the Dead, bring that back. Typing of the Dead,
1: Typing of the Dead, yes. Armed <laughs> um, with your Dreamcast uh, and your keyboard in front of you,
0: yeah, that'll be fun on the kind of Dreamcast. Uh, Shadow Man, Rubber Shadow Man?
1: Yeah, McLean yes. with his with his worst PR stunt ever.
0: Remind me, oh,
1: um, Activision. Offered people money to have headstones changed to having Shadow Man or something similar on it as part of a publicity stunt for the game. Jesus. Yeah. Nice. Was, it, was it Shadow Man? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was Shadow Man. Yeah, they um asked people to if they could do that. They paid people people an amount of money to have a. Oh no, it was something stuck onto the headstone, basically like an advert stuck on the headstone of recently deceased family members. Wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's probably why we haven't seen Shadow Man again.
1: Yeah. You imagine yeah. that, like I know, you, I know your mother's just died, but I'll give you ten grand to stick a whack you know whacker a billboard on her grave. You imagine that, putting in, laying to rest. Bye, Nana. Here lies Nana Smith. Bye, Shadow Man. Die. Shadow Man, <laughs> out so now. Yeah, coming soon. I like Nana. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's no. No, I wasn't. yikes. I could, I could have yeah. said rising soon, couldn't I? Sorry.
2: And this is Greg's last appearance on the Vega Guns (laughs) Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this, everybody. We're about to get (laughs) cancelled. Well, you did that. <laughs> uh, awesome. yeah.
0: I mean, Samba the Amigo, Ready to Rumble, you know, Power Stone 2. I never played Power Stone 2, so I'd love to play that. I don't know if it's readily available, but, but to have them all kind of like installed onto one little system would be really nice. But yeah, I can't think of anything else really. The GameCube didn't have a vast collection of one of the games. They had some great games, obviously, like uh, Wind Waker, Resident Evil 4. I don't think there's probably enough to fill a little mini console.
1: No, I mean. A lot of those titles are readily available now. You've got Wind Waker on the Wii U, Resident Evil 4's been ported to just about everything now. Akami, that's our GameCube title. I'll shut up. Resident Evil remake, you know, there's everything mo- well, most things are on that. Apart from no beautiful Joe, that was on the PS2. So yeah, most most of the titles on GameCube are readily available. Not Pikmin though. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean it would be nice to have a little a little cube. Yeah. Have we
1: got a GameCube. Yeah,
0: cube. a little GameCube cube. But maybe not the best library to back it up.
1: <laughs> no. It didn't do very well the first time. It's not going to do very well the second time. No. Wasn't there yeah. Wasn't there a tweet about the Dreamcast about that saying, for everyone that's banging on about a Dreamcast Mini, you motherfuckers never bought one in the first place. Mm. Which is why I think... Yeah, trying.
0: it would be a niche uh, a niche sale for Sega, I think.
1: Yeah.
0: I think they were wise to focus on the Mega Drive Mini instead. Because the Saturn Mini isn't going to do any numbers. I don't think anyone really wants one.
2: <laughs> it would be great if... Sega really went, like, both guns into a Dreamcast Mini, and it was the thing that got them out of games entirely. Like, <laughs> the Dreamcast got them <laughs> out of consoles, and <laughs> the Dreamcast Mini just kills the company. <laughs> I mean, it oh, would be great, <laughs> but it would be, it'd be symbolic, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: okay. Is there going to be a Wii Mini, do you think, down the line?
2: Will that just be called
1: I a mean, Tinkle?
0: The final... Uh version of the Wii it was a pretty small version of it anyway wasn't it that red and black thing do you remember that that had no online function but could only play the disc no what
1: was that it Came out,
0: yeah it came out like 50 quid I'll, I'll find a picture and send it to you but yeah it is oh a very, I see it yeah it's yeah it's a very piss poor version of
1: the uh I'll how would you download all your virtual console stuff?
0: Well, exactly. You don't have any access to them. It's just pure physical. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what audience it was going for, but
1: there we go. Did it have like no online connectivity at all? Nope, not at all. Nope. Physical only. Maybe for care homes
0: and <laughs> to just display Wii Sports relentlessly for the rest of their lives.
1: The console lacks component video, S-video, RGB scar, GameCube compatibility, online connectivity, the SD slot, and Wi-Fi support. It only has one USB port. What? Why? Why?
0: Again, it was probably for a much, kind of, a, a very yeah. small audience. Around or, like, the console.
1: or like, your kids' first console, they can't go online and do any wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, cool. That's interesting, Chat. Who knows what's coming next? The Mega Drive Mini might be the last one. Because, uh, like Sean said, I don't see Sony dipping their toe into this ever again. No. Uh Right, we're talking about a couple of cross-play announcements that were revealed this week. Uh, it's been announced that PUBG is now getting crossplay across Xbox One and PS4. And Black Desert, which is that ridiculously massive RPG that took me damn months to review because it was so enormous. Played now, play that across consoles, and uh, yeah, it looks like that more and more games are feeding into this. Obviously, so I was just curious. Do you see this now expanding a little more? Do you think that there's still the urge and the need for crossplay games? Uh, Sean?
2: Yeah, I I like crossplay. I got absolutely massacred online for saying so about six months ago saying that you know sony need to get their act together and start playing ball with everybody because they're going to be left behind and and you know people were like well sony the market leader and i was like well yeah well the market leader can sell 100 100 million copies of you know their console but the rest of the combined markets who are all now playing together which includes pc switch xbox mobile in some instances you know with like fortnite and stuff it's it's massive so it's it dwarfs that and and you know people need to realize that you know this doesn't need to be a, a fence anymore and I'm really glad that this this is coming down that this basically if if Greg gets a game on you know I, I was recently talking to a developer about the, the division two and he wanted to know about the end game content and this new this this New York DLC. And we were chatting away and he got really excited about it. And he said, you know, I I, off, I said, Do you want to play with us? And he said, Yeah, no problem. He said, Here's my Xbox ID. And I was like, God damn, like this guy hasn't played with he's never played it online. And here we are, like basically saying, Let's meet up. And the, the one thing that is stopping us is the fact that we chose different consoles four or five years ago. And that's that's daft. It's, it needs to go away, and I'm really glad that it's gonna happen. So I'm I'm chuffed, and I'm. It's weird the Black Desert's doing it. I'll be honest. <laughs> but, mm, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, Final Fantasy and all that I haven't yet, but Black Desert is a, uh, yeah. is a leader of the RPG movement.
2: Why not? You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: Why not? Why? Yeah, it is great. Are there any um, particular games that you want to see? Because I guess you
2: yourself
0: need to jump on with the division and stuff, right?
1: Yeah, I mean that would be good. I've got as many friends on Xbox to play games as much as I have on PlayStation, so at least three. But it's things like uh, Monster World. Sorry, try it again. Monster Hunter World. I got really quite far with my mate Toby, and I'm just waiting for like Iceborne to go down. And then I saw that it's on Game Pass. Now, Capcom games have got quite a short shelf life on Game Pass anyway. I went to go and download something, and it gone, and then it came back, and then it was in a sale. And I thought, ah, you want people to hire it on Game Pass to then go and buy the full version? It's not just Capcom that do it. But that aside, I saw Monster Hunter World was on there. And my mate Rob started playing it and I thought, cool, I can't be asked to start again though, because I wouldn't say it's a grind of a game, but when you've got quite decent armour in like one save, to, to start again from, from scratch is nothing. So what would be ideal would be to say, yeah, I'll carry on my character on my PlayStation and be able to play with him on Xbox. And then there could be like me, my mate Toby, who plays on PS4 and then Rob on his Xbox and a couple of our mates play on the Xbox. So we could have a good band of that. That would be like a perfect scenario with that, alas, it's not going to come to fruition, but that would be a brilliant possibility. So that would be one of those games. I don't play as much like Street Fighter as I used to. I play a lot of Street Fighter 4. I used to play a lot. Of, sorry, Street Fighter 4. And I play occasionally on uh, the Xbox with my mate mark and i've got some friends that have bought the ps4 version and i know it keeps going on sale for like nine pound for the ultra street fighter 4 edition and the one that we play on the the xbox is the 360 emulated version so obviously that that pulls up all sorts of weird you know technical issues with that but hypothetically it'd be nice for mark and i on the xbox could play our friends on the playstation in like an endless lobby like we all used to do on 360 now i mean obviously the two examples i've just given there are capcom games and i'm sure there's plenty of others like you know division other online games that kind of stuff but those are the two sort of prominent ones that i've probably played a lot of that i could think of or things like soulsborne games you know when you like dark souls and bloodborne when you can have people jump in and help you it'd be nice to you could spread the net as it were to to get more people from anywhere to come in and help you it, that would just be you know you you, you giving yourself a bigger chance yeah, that... by, by a bigger pool of people that can come in and help obviously not bloodborne because that's only on the playstation but dark souls you know what i mean or if they expanded it for death stranding now i know i've gone from being i love that game to can't be asked that game anymore but if you had your network that was bigger across other networks for example like i've talked about the road building and shared uh facilities you can use imagine that with a much bigger network of players wait what am i talking about that's only on playstation as well fuck's sake yeah it's, it's coming to pc it is though. coming to pc though isn't it yeah, yeah i think so is bloodborne i think again these are all like hypothetical but this be something down the line for for cross generation uh, cross platform titles that involve network type stuff i know it's all early stages and pubg's doing it and like i said black desert but could you imagine that if it doesn't have to be console wars anymore it can be which version have you got i got the xbox Five, uh, sorry, PS Five or the Xbox Series X, or whatever. Or I've got the PS Four and the Xbox One version. All right, cool. What time do you want to go on later on? Not like Haha, you've got that one, I've got this one, or being sad and going, "Oh, I've only got on this," and you know, it's a first-world problem for me having both. But I'm not going to put like more money to buy another game just so I can play it with one person on the off chance on another console. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it it would be amazing. But the examples I've given are obviously a few of many. But it would be nice. That's that's the kind of thing that would really help not just competitive multiplayer but being able to cross-platform with your mates shouldn't be an issue but these are obviously early days do you
0: think it will become the standard for the next generation i mean it's like this generation nice.
1: like, yeah kind of it, it'd be nice it. but then then there'd be the argument saying "Why well, i have two consoles you know why that, that there obviously is a competition isn't there between sony and microsoft and it's a begrudging thing that they're allowing cross-play between the two and pc but they're still to eliminate the competition of consoles would be you know a loss for either one or both so there's still going to be that competitive sales element isn't there so maybe in time it won't matter but for now it's still a big you know sega nintendo sony microsoft thing it's always going to be that two warring consoles isn't it and then pc players
0: yeah it was quite i mean it's been standing um i know you don't like talking about it but it's been standing in Fortnite for a while yeah i know it's pretty damn clear who is playing I don't like, hate what? for
1: it, I just don't like it.
0: No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> just as as an example, when you're running around, when you see the speed of how people are building, yeah. You can just immediately go, Oh fuck, that's a PC player. Yeah. So I'm gonna run the other way. <laughs> you know. Unfortunately, mouse and keyboard is still the uh, the ideal way to play shooters and most games, I presume. Apparently so. Yeah. It's interesting. And hopefully, you know, a few years down the line we we'll will jump you onto division three. Well you got a series X, you got ps P5, yeah. All right, let's go. You know, that would be cool. Ubisoft seems to be lagging behind a little bit because there are so many online bloody games, you yeah. know. Maybe this will be the first one. Maybe Skull and Bones will be the, 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 the Ubisoft <laughs> leader. The, out, yeah. Yeah. In 2025. Yeah. <laughs> you've got, a, you've got a, a PS5 boat and an Xbox One ship and you can just add them together. That'd be cool if that game ever comes out, which is looking more and more unlikely. We'll see. Our final topic before Indie Corner, uh, we're going to talk about video game voiceover performances. Now, if you followed myself and Sean and Paul for years and years, you'll know that in the PS Gamer days, we spoke to a lot of, uh, VO people, voiceover actors in regards to their work. And we've always been a big fan of that part of the industry. And so I wanted to go out on the, uh, on the limb that we may have favorite performances over the years that, uh, that we can talk about on the podcast. So I said sort of maximum of three. I've got three, but. Others may have more. So I'm
2: just going to throw it out there. Uh, Sean? Of all time.
0: Of all time. Uh, of all time. It doesn't
2: have to be three, but, you know, as many... <laughs> okay. top 22. Go. So um, my, surprisingly, my number one performance of any game ever is Anthony Ingruber in the Batman Telltale games. Mm-hmm. And that kind of surprises me. Like, I, I sat down to think about this question and thought, he, he really nailed a different version of the Joker, but he brought like so much... Like he brought volatility while also being very immature and vulnerable, and it was a it was a totally different type of Joker, but it was very in keeping with what you'd expect of the Joker. And I think he did an absolute stellar job of that voice. And having heard him speak in real life, it's it sounds like a really difficult voice for him to put on. So that's like a top tier for me. I think he absolutely nailed those games and made those games what they are. So number two is David Fenoy, who he's been in every game ever. You know, he's been in, he was Satan in After Party. He was, he's been in Army 2. He's been been in basically every game. But I think most people will remember him as Lee Everett from The Walking Dead, Telltale's The Walking Dead. Well, that's the second Telltale game. I didn't even realise that. Yeah. Um But yeah, I mean, I think it, that that performance was was excellent because i think he really got across that character and you know the, the the script obviously was was good but he totally nailed down that character and i think it's it's still one of the most memorable voice performances i like i can hear his voice in my head when i see lee everett's face so it's a, an impressive performance and number 3 is uh, Sissy Jones in Firewatch? Which, yeah, yeah. That woman's got some amazing pipes on her. She, you know, she, she can put on many, many different voices. But in that game, it's it's old enough to spoil now. it is. Firewatch is, you know, everyone who played Firewatch is going to play Firewatch. So yeah, I, I I just find it incredible that she managed to get so much out of just a vocal track. Like most perform performances, vocal performances come with some kind of visualization for you to imagine. Whereas she did. So much without any of that. It was just a voice on the other end of a radio, and absolutely nailed it down. And yeah, that was it. It was. It should have won a lot of awards, and I know it won some, but it should have won more. Let's just say that. That it
0: won the BAFTA. Yeah, it
2: should have won more BAFTAs. <laughs> should have won the next year and the year after that. <laughs> Fair like enough. when when the guy from God of War won for doing you know Boulder was it? Um, yeah, they they should have just called Sissy Jones back up. And Sissy Jones for Firewatch. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you, I I think Anthony Ingruber was slightly. So I don't think at the time Telltale were putting their games forward for BAFTA. And I know we we I'd had conversations with him about the fact that you know people were saying he should be winning awards, and I don't think Telltale were actually putting the games forward for awards at the time. So I I think he was robbed because that year I I think he probably could have taken a nap, uh, you know, at least been nominated for a BAFTA. He didn't even get a nomination for his portrayal of John Doe in either year that the Batman games come out so uh, it's disappointing yeah alright cool nice list
1: Greg coming in uh, no surprise to anyone at number one has got to be David Hayter for his many portrayals of different snakes in Metal Gear Solid but for me I think it'll probably be the first Metal Gear Solid as in 1998 version because it was before they did like twin snakes remake and recast it all it was just so stupid but nothing we'd seen at the time so i really enjoyed that it's just always been a pinnacle of just like obviously i love metal solid games so it's just it, it was great and it was cheesy and it was a spy action film and then yeah just as carrying on portrayals of the character up until the Keith sutherland fiasco number two oh, it's gonna sound sutherland,
0: really that guy from right
1: yeah yeah who didn't voice uh, anyone. Oh, uh,
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry,
1: That's all right. Uh, number two, a bit of a hipster choice, but I really, really love the game Enslaved. Did you guys ever play it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. It didn't do, it didn't do very well, but it was still one of my favourite games. It was a, like a nice retelling of the whole Odyssey to the West, you know, a Chinese fable. So, yeah, I really, really enjoyed Andy Circus's portrayal of Monkey in that
2: was it Andy Circus?
1: yeah did all the mocap and
2: you kidding no nope, shit you're not that
1: okay yes because he's got his headband on and you keep seeing flashes of like Andy Circus in the real life like snapshots and stuff like that and then when you get to spoilers when you get to the pyramid at the end it's this guy hooked up and he's feeding everyone with these headbands on all these slaves basically old old world photos and it's just Andy Circus. So someone's obviously found it's not it's not meant to like a real world meta type of thing, but it's basically like him as such, trying to feed everyone good intentions because the world's gone to shit. So he did the mocap and the voice for monkey as well as like the quote unquote bad guy.
2: He's he's Circus does a, a quite lot. a lot of good games, does he? Like he, he did the Clients of the Apes game and he did uh Volume. He played the bad guy in Volume. So yeah, good choice.
1: And Number three, I couldn't well, because it was before all this sort of screen actors guild, unionized stuff, I can't actually really be bothered to dig through all the names of the original cast, but the voice cast for the first Resident Evil, because it's so bad it's good. <laughs>
2: I'm
1: not gonna sing, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna single it down, I'm just gonna put the whole bunch because it's awful. You know, right down to the whose footprints, you know, uh blood? Is this Chris's blood? And it's just like why would you put your finger in and taste it? And it's just like, Oh no, a monster or the 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 creme de la creme, not the Jill sandwich bit, but the bit where Chris walks into a room, and I swear the room is about five foot wide in diameter, and Rebecca stood there, and he goes, it's, it's a lit room as well, and it's clearly Rebecca Chambers, and he goes, Rebecca, is that you? And it's like, you can see her. I can read DVD cases from five feet away in my room, so you can clearly see... That person, <laughs> it's just so bad, it's good. Or Wesker's like, oh, the ultimate ham sandwich from Wesker at the end. And Chris
2: laughing off and going, oh, you're despicable.
1: And it's like, oh, it's so bad, it's
2: good. You, the master of unlocking. Yeah. Or lockpicking, what was it? What was you, the line? The master, of,
1: the master of unlocking should take these.
2: <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. Or No, don't open that door. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I'm going to need to replay this now, I think. Yeah, it's it's it's
1: so bad. It's good. So yeah, that, that's my three. And I said the third one's a bit of a cheat, but if I just found the random obscure name, it um, would be like, who? So yeah, the entire cast of the original VAs are the first uh, Resident Evil game.
0: Nice. I think mine, mine and Sean's list are pretty similar. I love, you know, I've already said it was Sissy Jones in Firewatch. It is a, just a, a masterful performance. And, you know, we we spoke to her a couple of times back in the day about it, and it was just, you know, she was so sort of blown away by the game itself and it really showed in the performance it was really amazing yeah it's a game that I really really loved purely because of the performance of Sissy yeah that's definitely up there Roger Craig Smith as Ezio the Dolly in Brotherhood and Revelations and Assassin's Creed 2 I think the, the the story of Ezio is my favourite part of Assassin's Creed and always has been and to hear Roger who if you don't know is also the voice of some of the Hedgehog in the video games and the TV shows this is a, a, a very serious role for him to do away from like you know before Batman and things and it was a fantastic performance it was very cocky in the beginning but as Etsy got older he became a lot more serious a lot wiser and I really think it's one of his best performance in anything he's ever done and yeah Anthony and Gruber man I mean there's there's no getting around it that is the best Joker performance I think in a Batman video game and I'm including Mark Hamill in that because there's nothing it was such an original take on the Joker and if you haven't played uh, Telltale's Batman: The Enemy Within, you really, really should. It's an excellent story, and it's propelled by Anthony's performance as the Joker. And I'm really, really glad that Telltale found him to do it because wasn't he wasn't he just a I know he was a jobbing actor, but he was he he just did a Joker impression, didn't he? And yeah. Yeah. He wasn't a kind of a, like a proper voice actor at the time, and they just they sort of gave him the Joker for their new Batman game, and he absolutely smashed it. It was unreal. And I think there's a kind of a shout out to Ashley Birch as Aloy in Horizon. Oh, yeah. I no one's,
1: was, um, no one said Troy Baker, though, have they? I thought one of us would have had him.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, Joel was amazing. Um, I always think as great as Joel was, he was kind of outshined by. Ellie, Ashley Johnson. Oh, yeah, true. And, you know, Troy's done some fantastic stuff. There's no getting around that, especially in Bioshock Infinite. But there's loads more. Uh, Oh, Reese in uh, Tales from the Borderlands. He's fantastic in that. And everyone's fantastic in that. It's a fantastic cast in that game. (laughs) Uh, Hanson Jack is brilliant. And Ashley Johnson's in that as well, as a little ball. Like, the the complete polar opposite of uh, Ellie. And just pure joy and happiness all the way through. She plays like this little robot that acts like a puppy. And it's just so fun to be around. And so, yeah, those are my choices. Honourable mention to Troy Baker for everything. <laughs> everything that he's done, because he always, he always kills it pretty much every time. Okay, let's move on to short Indie Corner. Get ready for the jingle.
2: Hi. Hi. Let's talk some indie games. And I'll, I'll keep it brief this week. And the first one. So a couple of weeks ago, when it was just me and Greg on the cast, we were talking about EA and Activision Remasters. And Greg mentioned Jungle Strike. So I thought, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure there must be at least some games doing those kind of games nowadays. And I found one. It's in development right now. It's called Megacopter. And you can follow its development on Twitter by going at Game. Or one word, it's kind of inspired by Jungle and Desert Strike, except it's a lot more fast-paced, and it looks kind of like halfway between Jungle Strike and a bullet hell game, mm-hmm. but it's it's like sci-fi, and there are power-ups and stuff. So the the plane can create like a green bubble which will protect it from damage, and it's fighting against some kind of reptoid alien species thing, and it looks a hell of a lot of fun. There's a lot of GIFs on Twitter and there isn't a Steam page for it yet. I believe that's coming soon. And the developer's got a really good, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the the guy's working on a couple of other really cool games, which I will go into more detail next week because I don't want to just spend an entire podcast talking about one guy. Uh, Second game is Pumpkin Jack. So you might have seen the news that this game has been announced for consoles and PC and pretty much everything, including your calculators and stuff, this week. It's a 3D platformer that looks a hell of a lot like Medieval. evil You play as the, the Halloween Lord, Pumpkin Jack, and you are taking on zombies and monsters and all kinds of different beasties in a 3D platformer. And I've been watching this one for a while. I followed it on Twitter, like... About six, seven months ago, or something like that, and the game has come on so much in that time. And there's there's parts of the game where you are riding minecarts and avoiding damage, like dangers and things, kind of like a Crash Bandicoot level, Do you know the the like minecart levels in those, but it's it's more 3D. And it, that began as quite a dark area, and since then, he basically put fire. The developers put fire into all of that, so basically now the cave is on fire. And it has dramatically increased the, like, visual appeal of the game. So it looks a hell of a a good game, to be fair. So get your eyes on that. Head head up uh, Games have picked it up for for publishing now. So that game actually has a publisher. And lastly, now, there's probably a number of people that listen to this, and probably you guys too, uh, who spent too much time on Newgrounds back in the day uh, playing Flash games. And you probably played alien hominid and the, the guys, the developers have decided to remake it for modern day consoles. And it's called alien hominid invasion. Now this is this like news came out at the end of January, but I just, it kind of passed me by. So I just thought I'd talk about it because man, I spent so much time playing alien hominid back in the day when, when like my school got its first like flash install (laughs) <laughs> we could play flash games <laughs> on the school PCs on the internet for the first time. It was that was it. Everyone was playing, you know, Stickman and Alien Hominid. So, yeah, they're the remaking it. It's got going to have new gameplay, new gameplay me- mechanics, uh, new artwork, and it's going to be playable at EGX. Um, so. These guys since since they made that, they made Castle Crashes and you know they're pretty damn good developers these days, so I'm I'm quite looking forward to jumping back into the past to play some alien hominid. Did you guys play that back in the day? Or did you play the PS was it PS two or PS three? It was
1: an Xbox three sixty, I think.
2: Oh, uh, and Xbox three sixty, okay. Um but- I'm, I'm did they ever release it on PlayStation? Did it, like I had an Xbox three sixty for a very short period of time, so let's find out
1: did they also go on to make castle crashes as well
2: yes yes they did yeah
1: yeah
2: um uh, it came out on the xbox the xbox 360 playstation 2 and the game boy advance of course it did what <laughs> so yeah that's that's this this week's list of indie games from me i already have three lined up for next week but if you if you guys have any that you want to talk about now fire away
1: well i suppose one <laughs> finger death punch is out this week but that's really. Oh, is is it out on consoles this week? Yeah, twenty six. when my review should be ready for.
2: Cool. I'm looking forward to that. I'd say I say I might pick it up on PlayStation. Oh, cool. And we can't we can't play. Oh well. No,
1: there is actual local co-op on it though. So it is there? It, it, I think it'd be what. Oh no, I, I can't finish my next sentence because I'm under embargo. Oh. okay. But it's got local co-op on it.
2: Oh. Okay. Is is it really gory?
1: Uh, oh, I can't answer that. It's. It's one color of blood, but it's like the, the the comparison I make of it is like those. Go on, enough to talk about Newgrounds is the old Shao Shao stick fight videos. Yeah, it's like that. So it's it's like one color of blood. Okay, all right. I don't think is it decapitations. Yes, there is. Um, yeah, maybe I don't know. You probably have to like view the trailer first just to vet it.
2: Right, okay. I cannot wait for my kids to get a bit a little bit older so they can start playing. So like Dark Side Genesis came out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to play that. And then I think to myself, but nobody will play with me. <laughs> I just like, I can't wait till my kids are just a little bit older so, so they can play games with me that they actually you know enjoy and I enjoy instead of Minecraft for the 400th time per day. <laughs> and that's it for the Indie Corner, I guess.
0: Grant, thank you, Sean. A pleasure. A bunch of very cool indies to look out for. Right then, it is now time for the quiz answers.
2: Okay. Let's let's crack this one out then. Okay then question one. In which two thousand ten game might you be pressing X to say Jason? Greg? Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain is correct. Jason. Um, question two, what was the subtitle of the Call of Duty game that released in two thousand and ten? Roscoe?
1: The best one. Black Ops.
2: Black Ops is correct. Oh thank the fuck for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It oh, was that uh, old World at War for me, and I was like, no, I don't remember being that far back.
2: Okay, question three, released in 2010, what was the name of the Sega-published espionage action RPG, which was developed by Obsidian Entertainment, Greg?
1: Alpha Protocol.
2: Alpha Protocol is correct. What a cracker. Question four, in which 2010 month did Microsoft launch the Kinect motion controller and a raft of games alongside it? Roscoe? Uh, November. November is correct.
1: Yeah, but because I started HMV in October 2010, and I was at the back doing processing, and the amount of fucking connects I had to unbox. (laughs) What I said, can we not just have two for display? This is like, and they were like, no. (laughs) Do they wear
2: Slumdog Millionaire, where every time he comes to answer a question, he knows the answer because of some kind of adversity,
1: some relevant? (laughs)
2: Yeah, the fact that you know that it was in November because you had shitty time at HMV. Excellent. (laughs) Um, okay, question five. Uh, Bioshock 2 was set in what fictional city, Roscoe? Rapture. Rapture is correct. Uh, question six. What is the name of the zombie-filled expansion that Rockstar released for their smash hit, Red, Red Dead Redemption, in 2010?
1: Greg? It was Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare.
2: That is correct. Question seven. What is the name of the pink-haired female protagonist in 2010's Final Fantasy XIII? Uh, Roscoe?
1: Yeah, I don't know this. Greg? Is it lightning?
2: Lightning is correct.
1: Why am I saying is it? It is lightning.
2: It is lightning. yes. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she had her own game as well, boss. I, I thought you? it like I, I thought like Lightning Returns, but uh, did you did you ever play Thirteen?
0: No, none
1: of none of what you're saying means anything to me.
2: Fair she enough. Had, okay, she had
1: two games, two extra games.
2: Yeah, she had a sequel. XIII-2 and then Lightning. Lightning Returns.
1: Why well, wasn't called Lightning Strikes Back? I don't know.
2: But... <laughs> uh... Question eight, in 2010, Telltale released a video game to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the end of a celebrated movie trilogy. Uh, Roscoe, what game was it?
0: Back to the Future.
2: That is correct, Back to the Future, the game. Question nine, which famous actor lent his voice to play the elusive man in 2010's Mass Effect 2? Greg?
1: I always fuck this up because I get him confused with the Welsh one. Uh, Martin Sheen.
2: Martin Sheen is correct.
1: Oh, thanks. Because Michael Sheen's the Welsh one, isn't he? Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be embarrassing. <laughs> and question 10 2010's div- divisive Alien versus Predator game was developed by which British game studio? Uh, Roscoe? Was it Rebellion? It was Rebellion.
0: Oh, thank God for that.
2: Woo. Well done. Uh, please tot up your scores out of 10. Uh, Roscoe, how many have you got today?
0: I've got
2: nine. Nine? Yeah. I, I didn't think you knew question three. What? Well, why? Because uh, I've never heard you mention it. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> About every game, uh, Greg. How many have you got?
1: Oh, I have got a full house. <laughs> oh, well done. Is it. Is that oh, the first time we've ever had one as
2: well? Well, no. Technically, you would have got one previously, but you fucked it up.
1: Is it the first time we've technically had one?
2: Technically but me personally.
1: We've... Is it the first time we or me? Have this a full is
2: the house? first. This is the first time anyone on the quiz has got full marks. Well done. Uh, yeah.
1: For fuck's sake, he's going to mention this every week now. No, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. I'm going to be humble on my victory. Just just today. Really? Yep. Because <sighs> uh, okay. you didn't cheat on this one, so it's all right.
2: <laughs> well, well done. Uh, that takes Greg into the league with, with three wins. Roscoe is at two, and Paul is pulling up the rear as per usual.
0: Matron. <laughs> cool. Michael and Sean, thank you very much.
2: A pleasure. Congratulations
0: to Greg. Uh, Thanks. Oh, bloody Final Fantasy question. I wasn't going to know that, was I? You should know that
2: about me, Sean. Such Greg bias. Yeah,
0: right. Greg bias. <laughs> uh, All right, let's move on. To, uh, releases out this week we have Wasteland Remastered on February 25th on February 25th also we have it's quite a day actually we've got the Mega Man Zero slash ZX Legacy Collection Samurai Showdown is coming to Switch House Flipper that game that Sean was talking about last week is on PS4 on February 25th as is Two Point Hospital mm. finally coming to consoles on the PS4 Switch and Xbox One on the 25th of February Signer of Wild Hearts that amazing game which, if you haven't played yet, what the hell are you doing? It's also coming out on February 25th for Xbox One. So Xbox One players will finally get a chance to have a blast on that one. Uh, February 26th, the Space Channel 5 VR kind of funky news slash coming out to PSVR. I mean, come on, that's super exciting. Are you going to get Space Channel 5, Sean?
2: Yes, you know I am.
0: Oh, yeah, you are. I can't gonna wait.
2: strip my stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: February 26th sees One Finger Death Punch 2 coming out, and you'll see more on that game on fingerguns.net this week. Thanks to Mr. Greg Higgs. Um, Under is coming to Switch on February 27th. I think I played that at Res or somewhere. I might be wrong, but yeah, looks like a fun old indie time. And, uh, February 28th we see the Metro Redux, uh, Jewel Pack coming to Switch. Kingdom Under Fire, the Crusaders is coming to PC on February 28th. And One Punch Man, a hero nobody knows from bandai namco is coming to xbox one if you're into that sort of thing oh and stab 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 is coming to xbox one and ps4 on february 28th which is a cracking little game you really should play that if you get the chance and soul axiom i feel like i've like, been around forever am i right in thinking that Yeah.
1: you thinking of axiom verge
2: or soul axiom what's soul
0: Axiom? no i'm i'm, I'm reading the word soul axiom oh,
1: okay
2: sorry my bad so, Laxium is a first-person exploration game set about you searching and exploring people's ghosts in a digital world. Mm. It's by Wales Interactive. It's a pretty cool game. It is um, the sequel to Master Reboot. Ah, okay.
0: Uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> nice. that's coming to Switch on uh, February twenty seventh. It's worth a go. That's a lot. Looking pretty good next week. Um, we can highly recommend Stoner or Wild Hearts, obviously, and House Flipper. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to get stuck into two point hospital it's the irony of it that i'm going to play that next week whilst i can't move it <laughs> not lost on me <laughs> my
1: uh my brother's been playing it on pc and he says it's very good that's awesome
0: it's a yeah like a spiritual uh successor to Theme hospital from back in the day so it's got that it's got that entire vibe about it and so if you were a big fan of Theme hospital all those years ago two point is going to be right up your alley and i can't wait to play it hopefully get some streams out of it next week as well if i can actually move that'd be lovely Right, that does bring an end to this week's episode of the Finger Guns Podcast. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Uh if you do want to follow us anywhere, all of our socials are down in the description below. You can follow us of course on Twitch on twitch.tv forward slash fingerguns.net. If you really, really like what we do, you can follow us on over at Patreon and subscribe to us for one dollar a month. I don't know how far the pound has tanked since we left the EU, but it might be even cheaper now than it was a year ago. So <laughs> work it out amongst yourselves. I think it's eighty-five. I think it is uh, yeah it just keeps the podcast live on all platforms and keeps us in keeps us alive which is always a pleasant lovely thing to do for someone else so if you do want to support us that way we'd be very very grateful thank you very much indeed so until next week it is goodbye from Mr. Greg X
1: goodbye
0: goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies toodaloo and goodbye from me thank you very much for listening we'll see you next week on the Finger Guns Podcast hey. thank